Hello everyone, welcome to the European Hoops podcast, a Sportsitos presentation. We bring you all the coverage you need about the EuroLeague, compacted into two weekly episodes, with game previews, recaps, and all the top news surrounding the competition. Follow us on Twitter at European underscore Hoops. My name is André, I am your host, and these are my co-hosts, Tiago and Diogo. Hello everyone. Yeah guys, everything cool here? Let's get to another episode, let's go. We have several news to talk about and games to preview. Let's start with the good news. In Paratinaikos, following the, the bad stretch of games they had, their coach announced that they are planning to add a new player. The Greek press is pointing out Shabazz Napier as the likely player to join the team. Napier is currently playing for the Capitanas in the G League and he's averaged 22.3 points, 5.1 assists and 1.9 steals. If the, these news are confirmed, what impact do you think that the player can have for Paratinaikos the rest of the season? Do you think that this is a short-term thing or it can have impact in the long term for the club? For this year, like if they had Napier, uh, Dwayne Bacon, Derek Williams for the whole season, I would definitely have them as a playoff team. But this late in the season, I think it won't matter as far as the playoffs. It could help them a lot because obviously they need a point guard and Napier can score as well and he has zero league experience. So I think it can be big for them. If they can keep this score for next year, I think they could be a, a very good team. But uh, this year, I think it's just too late to, to add this piece. As I said in the last episode, uh, I think Panathinaikos is liking a point guard and a three-point shooting in the E would improve on that level. But I think it's coming late in the season. As Diogo said, if he stays for another season, I, I think that Panathinaikos might have a good core to go to the playoffs in the next year. Tiago, do you think that with Panathinaikos trailing four games behind the playoff spot, they still have chances to make it? Or they are too far nah, already? I don't think they're, they, they could make it because uh, other teams teams are, are way better. In my opinion, uh, Valencia, they might lock in the playoffs, you know. Valencia might lock the playoffs. Uh, I see Basconia in the eighth spot too, and Pina, they, they're way better because they're, they're in uh, a trailing four games behind the playoff spot and the other teams are already there, you know. What do you think, Diogo? Yeah, uh, I'm not going to say it's impossible, but it's definitely a small chance. Like, uh, I wouldn't bet on it. And I think other teams have much better chances to get there than Panathinaikos. But but I think he can improve the team a lot, for sure. The negative news arrived from Kaunas, where Zalgiri's Isaiah Tyler got hurt in their National Cup match. He's expected to miss three weeks. He joined the team after Evans being ruled out for the season. And Tyler Cavanaugh also got ruled out for three months after having back surgery. How do you guys see Zalgiri's navigating all of these injuries? Uh, as far as I Isaiah Taylor getting hurt. I think that's a big blow for them because since he came in and especially in that Virtus game, uh, he had so many good buckets in the fourth quarter that kept them in the lead and, and got the win. Uh, as far as Tyler uh, Kavanaugh, I think I would expect uh, Paul Onara and Roland Smith to, to step up a lot in his absence and I think we'll go, we're going to see some good minutes from both of them and uh, a big contribu contributions. I think they might, they might struggle a little bit in terms of scoring because Isaiah Taylor, that's what he provided for them but uh, but I don't see the team declining their level at all I think they, they're still going to be in the hunt uh, trying to, to stay alive in the in the playoffs because they are currently in the top five tied with Monaco and I think they're going to keep it up in my opinion this has a negative impact on Zalgiris because as I tell it's kind of like the offensive spark coming off the bench he averaged like 14 minutes uh, making a lot of buckets in the, in the fourth quarter about uh, Kavanaugh all I can say is I'm really looking forward to see if Polonari can step it up for them Polonari in the last game 
game we, we saw him scoring 10 points in the first half uh, and then he kind of he kind of slowed down but I think he could do Kavanaugh's job very well yeah Polonar it's an important piece for Zalgiris there have been very good indications both from the player and from the team about the way he's adapting and he's kind of trying to reset his season that didn't start all that well and trying to find his rhythm and he can for sure fill up this gap for the team and uh, contribute in a big way. Other news come from Spain where the news outlet has claimed that uh, Henry might be on his way out of Basconia. They reported that Basconia have already begun to explore the situation in transfer markets. Uh, on our last podcast, Hugo was underlying the importance of this player for the team's success. TJ Short starts to be uh, talked about as a possible replacement. What do you guys think that uh, this means for Basconia's chances to make it to the playoff? And what type of player should they look to add if this news is confirmed? And uh, I think it's going to be really tough for them now until they find a new player and let's see who it might who it, who it ends up being. Uh, but like I said in the last episode, I think Pierre Henry is so important for that team because with the style that they play, they need a floor general and a guy that runs to run the offense. And even though uh, Darius Thompson can do that also, uh, I think Pierre Henry was the better point guard between the two and he could facilitate so well for those for those shooters that they have. For now, I don't know if we're going to see Marcus Howard playing some point guard minutes. Uh, I don't. I I really don't know if, if that's going to be the option but I think they do need a floor a floor general to, to replace Pierre Henry because he was so important for them and you can see in his absence they lost four straight so that's the type of, of player I would be looking for a floor general that can also shoot and drive to kick it out to shooters so yeah that's what I think one of the critiques that the fan base from Basconi is making to the potential of adding TJ Shorts is that he kind of replicates what uh, Marcus Howard already brings and exactly what you were saying that they need a floor general and not another scorer. Uh, Tiago, yeah. what do you think that uh, Harry, the part team might uh, implicate for Basconi the rest of the season? Uh, they need a four general. TJ Shorts, it ain't one. He plays at a high pace like Basconi likes to play but they need a four general. Uh, he likes to play in transitions. He can drive and kick it out for, for the shooters but in my opinion, it ain't a replacement. Another good news come from Turkey where Bialika started to ramp up his activity and plans to join the team practice by the end of this week. What <clears> impact <throat> do you guys see him having to Fenerbahce title aspirations this season? So obviously Fenerbahce was already uh, a title contender even without him playing. I think it just upgrades their ceiling because obviously he's a, a great player with NBA experience and EuroLeague experience and, and I think like I said on Twitter I think a closing lineup of Nick Kalatej, Will Beckin, Nigel Hayes, Bialica and Motley I think that's going to be super scary for the, the other teams. They can go small with that playing Motley at center but yeah uh, the pick and pop with Kalates and Bialica uh, I think the IQ on the team is just going to go higher and I, I really think they are good title contenders uh, on the last episode we talked about them and Monaco uh, in a playoff series who we think would win I said Monaco Bielitsa maybe changes things a little bit uh, I gotta see it first but, but I think they are a great title contender Tiago do you agree that Booker will be the likely odd man out with Bielitsa coming in in the starting five or in the closing five for Fenerbahce if Bielitsa comes healthy you know I think the Booker might, might get out in the, in the starting lineup or not in the starting lineup I see Bielica closing the game way better than him. He's a way better shooter. Devin Booker can score too in the three-point line, but Bielik is a way better offensive threat than uh, Booker. Let's preview the round 21 of the EuroLeague with night games happening on Thursday and Friday. The round will start with one of two classics. The first one in Madrid between Real and Barcelona. They will face each other after the last time that the both teams met. Barcelona won by 2 points, 75-73. Real comes from a loss against Olympiacos in the last round, while Barcelona is in a two-game winning 
winning streak after beating Aswell and Bosconia. The only player expected to miss the game for Barcelona is Sergi Martinez. And for Real, Nigel William Goes, Abalde, Alosan, and Sergio Rodriguez all missed their previous game. Sergio Rodriguez played for the team in their ACB game this weekend and there is hope that he will be available to play. Alisson and Randolph are likely to be out while Nigel, William Ghost and Abaldi are questionable for this game. Starting with Tiago, what do you guys think that might happen this game? In my opinion, this is one of the most seen games of this round. I see Barcelona winning this one, not because of Real Madrid injuries, but in my opinion, if healthy, Barcelona is better. Uh, the offensive struggles that we've been seeing uh, with Madrid, they're about the lack of guards that they have. They only have seven Sergio Lu in the Barcelona on the other side as Thomas Santorans in my opinion is better because it's an offensive threat and can defend too so Barcelona has a better player in Mirotic and a better team I do agree that Barcelona will win but I do think it has something to do with the injuries of uh, from Real Madrid uh, I think if Nigel Williams goes and Abalde can play I think Real can be uh, considered a favorite because they're questionable I'm assuming that even if they play they won't be 100% so I'm going to take Barcelona on this one I think having Mirotic now that they didn't have in the first round I think it's going to make a big difference and Satoransky the way he can control the game for, for Barcelona and facilitate for the guys I think it's just a, a, a big advantage for them uh, in Real Madrid it's huge that they could have either Sergio Rodriguez or Nigel Williams goes back to play that point guard position but I think Abalde is so important for them because of his size playing the two but yeah I expect a great game I agree with Thiago it's a must see one from this round but I'm going to go with Barcelona as well both of our experts are in agreement that the Barcelona is favorite to win this one make sure to follow us on twitter at european underscore hoops to see all of our expert picks before the start of the games each day the second game of thursday evening is alba against valencia the team from berlin is 17 with only six wins coming from a two-game losing streak while valencia is in 11th place only one win away from the playoff spots coming into this round after winning their previous three games back in october valencia won 87 73 for valencia claver van rossum and riviera are all unlikely to play on this game. What are you guys looking for in this match between these two teams? I expect Valencia to, to win on the road. I think it's going to be a, a tough game for them, but I think they will come out on top. I think what we we should want to watch on, on this game is Gabriel Procida for Alba because they are pretty much out of the playoffs, so I really want to see him have a lot of playing, playing time, have the ball in his hands to see what he can do. For Valencia, I mean, it's just their play style. I expect a lot of ball movement, threes. They are great and I really think they can win this game. With winning this game, they keep their playoff hopes alive and I think that's the most important for them considering that Alba doesn't really have much to play for at this point. So yeah, I think Valencia will win. my opinion, Valencia will win this one too. Alba Berlin, the, the only thing that I want to see is Gabriel Procida playing. We both are a big, a big fans, so I just want to see him, him play, uh, gaining some minutes and more space. And for Valencia's side, I'm looking forward to see uh, them scoring a lot of points because Alba Berlin is one of the worst defensive teams that are playing on Euro league and I'm looking forward to see Dublevich dominating the paint. Dublevich will, will dominate this one because they're lacking a center. They have Chris Komaje. He can he can play a lot of minutes. I think Dublevich will, will have a, a good one on this game. So this game should be a kind of easy one for Valencia and another opportunity for, for us to watch Procida, the big prospect of the European basketball and maybe even a future NBA player. Moving on to the next game and the game that in the beginning of the season we would have 
expected to be a high-level game. Monaco will face uh, Milan at home. Despite being one of the top teams in the competition, Monaco lost three out of their last four games and are in need of bouncing back and uh, getting a win. Milan is dead last on the standings and Messina, their coach and president of basketball operations, say that uh, this is a lost season for them. Shevin Shields and Kevin Pangos are expected to miss the game for Milan, while Monaco might be able to count with Monaco for the first time this season. The last time these teams faced each other back in December, Milan won the game 79-71. Can they do it again despite the very different situations that the team find themselves at this point in the season? I don't expect that. If we, if it's, if this game was kind of like three weeks ago, I would say that it would be a no-brainer. Monaco will, would won. But during the, the these uh, four games that have been, Monaco lost, as you said. For me, the key for this game, for Emporio to stay in the game if the centers, Brandon Davis and Kyle Lines can control the pain. I think it's a no-brainer for Monaco. I think this game will be an easy win for Monaco. The game in Milan, Monaco was leading the whole game and then they just choked the game away in the fourth quarter. So I expect kind of a revenge game, if you can say that. I think Mike James is going to dominate because I don't really see, without Kevin Pengos, Milano has some struggles with the point guards. I think Mike James, Jordan Lloyd getting back and I expect more minutes from him on this game. And obviously Moneke coming in. I think Monaco is going to win this game easy. You guys think that this is a good game for Moneke to play for the first time? It would be a, a nice matchup against Cabrot. I think it would be a, it would be a great matchup if Moneke plays at the tree. We will see how, how they will use him and if he will get some run at the tree or if he will play exclusively as a four. Paratinaikos and Zalgiris are the next game on the docket. Zalgiris goes into this round. They are aiming to secure a playoff spot that will allow them to fight to be part of the final four that will be hosted in Kaunas. They won six out of their last seven games, having for the season a 4-6 road record. Paratinaikos, on the other hand, lost seven out of their last eight games and have a 5-5 home record. Last time these teams met, Paratinaikos won Zalgiris in Kaunas, 67-81. The injuries keep piling up, we spoke in the beginning of this podcast. Uh, Evans is out for the season, Kavanaugh is out three months, and Isaiah Taylor is uh, out for three weeks. This is also the last game of Matas Kalnietis that he will play for the team in uh, EuroLeague. Nikos Papas might be available to play for the Panathinaikos for the first time in the EuroLeague this season. How do you guys see this game unrolling? Uh, I believe Panathinaikos will win this game at home. I think Zalgiris is going to feel the absence of Isaiah Taylor. And even though Panathinaikos still won't have Napier or the new player that their coach talked about, uh, I think they're going to end this losing streak now at home. I think Zalgiris, like I said in the previous episode, I think Zalgiris is very good at home, but on the road they struggle and you can see by their record, they're four and six. So I think Panathinaikos is going to get this one. I think Dwayne Bacon is going to dominate because I don't see a, a small forward on, in Zalgiris that can that can keep up with him. I agree with you. I see Dwayne Bacon dominating the game because Zalgiris is like forward who can defend him. I might see Pornada trying to stop him, but I don't see them defending that well. It's like Diogo said, the absence of Isaiah Taylor on Zalgiris playing away because they're struggling They're struggling to play away. I see Panathinaikos winning this one. This week, EuroLeague released the clutch players and Bacon is the was the leader with more points scored in clutch this season so far. Do you guys think that uh, Dwayne Bacon is the more clutch player of the, the EuroLeague? Or who would you guys give the ball in the last possession of a game if you could choose any player from the from the EuroLeague? In my opinion, for 
I would trust my life if the ball was in on Nick Carreras. Uh, as you said, uh, Dwayne Bay kind of is like the most clutch player, but he plays a lot in the clutch minutes, you know, because Panathinaikos is struggling. Fenerbahce is not... Uh, um, I agree with Thiago that I want the ball in Nick Carreras' hands, like to, to set a play or something, but not to, to score the ball. So I, I would probably go with Will Clyburn or Mike James because they both can create. They're both great shooters. Uh, so I would go with one of them. So Kalatis to make the decision, Mike James or Clyburn to score the, the basket. Yeah, or, or message. Yeah, is... you, you can go with message as well, but yeah. <laughs> My opinion is Calares to pass to Wilbekin. That's it. I would trust my life on that. Final decision. <laughs> <laughs> okay, to to end the, the, the first day of action of the round 21, we will have an Asvel against the Fenerbahce. Asvel comes from a good uh, win against Milan that ended their five-game losing streak. Lovern is out and without a timetable to return for the team. On the Fenerbahce side, they come into this round tied in first place and on a three-game winning streak. Bioli started to ramp up his activity but he's unlikely to play on this round on round three Fenerbahce had a 20 point home win over Aswell how do you guys see things going this time around hey, this might be a bold one but I think this will this will be a good a good low-key game because Aswell plays a lot of defense uh, and I like the way they, they defend Fenerbahce will win in my opinion it would be a close one yeah I, I don't see this game being a blowout but I don't know if you can say close I think Fenerbahce will win in that 7 to 12 points range something like that. I expect uh, Wilbekin to, to go crazy like he always does. And I think Jonathan Motley can dominate this game because I, I'm not a big fan of the Asheville bigs. So I think he can have a, a huge impact on this game. And I have Fenerbahce winning. Day 2 of round 21 start just like they won with the Classic. Uh, this time around in Serbia between Red Star and Partizan. Red Star is 10th and one game behind the playoff spots while Partizan is 12th, trailing two games from the playoff position. Hassan Martin is expected to miss the game for Red Star, while Campazzo is unlikely to be able to play until March. In the first hand of the Classic, Red Star got a three-point road win. What do you guys expect this time around? Uh, I believe Red Star will get the win again this time at home. I just I just see them having a better team and playing better basketball. And I think they are more realistic to make the playoffs than Partizan is. I expect Vildoza to push the pace and they're going to feed off their crowd like they always do. So yeah, I think they're going to win this Classic matchup. Me and Diogo are agreeing to much. I think the Cervenas Vesa will win this one. Uh, they have the better player in Filip Petrusev. And like Diogo said, I, I see Luke Vildoza uh, playing too good. But I'm looking forward to see this Dante Exum against Luca Vildoza. Uh, Dante comes to, to this game in the last week. He played a lot and I'm looking forward to see him. I think that the key to this game, if Dante Exum is playing really good and Lazor uh, bounce back from the bad game that he had, I think this will be a, a close one, but I think Cervenas Vesa will win. We we need to start disagreeing more on the podcast. I'm randomly, tired of agreeing with this guy. <laughs> just randomly, I'll pick partisan to to win. Basconia will receive Efes. Basconia tries to snap out of their four-game losing streak that uh, made them fall all the way from the top of the standings to the seventh place. While Efes wants to bounce back from a disappointing loss at home against Bayern last round and has a chance to catch Basconia on the standings and claim their spot uh, within the playoff teams. With Harry apparently on his way out of Basconia, the teams should be at almost full strength for this game. What do you guys expect to see? Can FS revenge their 5-point home loss on round 13? It's like we always say, 
we always think that uh, Efes will win uh, any given game and then they, they lose. But I think Efes will for sure win this one. I see Clyburn uh, going crazy on, the, on this game uh, and I'm looking forward to see if Marcus Howard can bounce back from the bad game. Not not Mar not just Marcus Howard, but Darius Thompson and Marcus Howard because they, they had an awful game. See Efes creating the same problems that Barcelona gave to their backcourt that uh, Basconia has. So let's see what they what they got. I, I thought the disagreements would start here, but I but we're gonna agree again because I also have Hefish. I like a, similar with Monaco with Milan. I think Hefish has to have this revenge game and beat Basconia now uh, because at some point the losing gotta stop if they want to make the playoffs and if they want to trip it, they have to start winning games and they gotta take advantage of Basconia missing Pierre and Henry and being on a four game losing streak. I agree with that. Clyburn has a chance to have a great game here and he also played really bad against Bayern so he can bounce back now and with Shane Larkin uh, starting to get more games under him I think that team will start to function very well so I'm going to go with Efes. This can be a chance for Efes to start a run and uh, try to still claim uh, home court advantage in the, the first round of the playoffs and uh, do you think Pascon is in trouble if they go in a five game losing streak can they recover from this? I don't know if they can still recover I think they are in trouble already even if they win this game because the other teams are coming like we talked about Zalgiris, Red Star, Valencia, Efes like there's a lot of teams fighting for those spots so it, it could be tough for them especially if they take too long replacing Pierre and Henry and we don't even know who will repl replace him and we don't know if it's going to be successful or not but yeah I think they are already in trouble. Olympiacos and Maccabi are first and eighth heading into this round. So they, they will face each other. Both teams come out of wins on their own 20 and the last time these teams met in Israel, Maccabi got the win, 90-84. Olympiacos is healthy, while Maccabi will be missing Poitras and Lorenzo Brown. Who do you guys have to win this, this game? I don't think we will disagree on this one too. Olympiacos will win this one. They're healthy and in my opinion, if both teams are, are healthy, I think Olympiacos uh, is a, a tier above. The absence of Lorenzo Brown, I see Wade Baldwin going crazy. I don't see the other guys of Maccabi to go with him, you know? Yeah, we agree again. Uh, I have Olympiacos winning this game. Um, I think Baldwin will, will still be successful, of course, but Lorenzo being out and also Poitras unlikely to play. Uh, I just don't see how they can match up with, with Olympiacos. I think they, they don't have enough for them, so I think Olympiacos is going to stay hot and, and they're going to win. Round 21st ends in Munich with uh, Bayern welcoming uh, Virtus Bologna. Both teams are trying to stay alive in the playoff hunt and uh, this will be a very, very important game for both uh, squads. Bayern should be able to count with their new player, DJ Sealy, uh, while Obst, Lutzic and uh, Cisco are likely to miss the game. On round two, Virtus got a three-point home win over Bayern Munich. What do you guys expect from this game? Uh, I'm gonna go with Bayern here. I'm not much, I'm not a lot, I'm not very confident with this pick, but uh, Virtus has been struggling and I just don't see them being able to win this game. The injury of Lukic, it's the worst one for Bayern because I think he is their best player like by far but I, I think they have enough to, to beat Virtus though uh, I expect obviously Milos and Shangela to play good but I just don't see them having enough to beat Bayern on the road and like we, we talked about last episode Trin Cherry is a great coach and I think he's going to have his team ready to win this game uh, I want to disagree with Diogo so this is what I will do uh, I'll pick Virtus to win this one uh, I know that I know that Bayern is coming from a huge win against uh, Efes uh, but I see Virtus winning because in my opinion 
the Teodosic will control this one. And I see Nico Manian going crazy on, on this game. It's like I said, I, I expect Virtus to win this matchup against Bayern. Great stuff, guys. Another episode on the books. This was a great one, and I'm looking forward for the tip-off of Run 21 of League. Make sure to subscribe to the podcast and follow us on Twitter at European underscore hoops. Tune in for our next episode re recapping all the action of this League round. Thanks for listening, guys. Uh, stay tuned for the next one. Okay. Bye, guys. See you all next time. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.